Hello, hello there. Welcome to MMA Fight Club, or shall I say MMA Fight Club and Never Hedge Media. If you don't know already by now, we have partnered recently with Never Hedge Media. These guys are awesome, so you'll see some of our content up on their channel. Like if you're watching this right now on Never Hedge Media, you see it on their channel. Great guys. We're excited to be partnered with them on a bunch of new upcoming ventures. We'll be announcing more details as they come out. But for now, you got to join us for our roundtable once a week for our breakdowns of the UFC fights, which won't be this week because, of course, we're off this week, but we'll be resuming next week. Anyway, with all that said, let me get back to this card. We're talking about Cage Warriors 138 Web versus Alu coming up on Saturday, the 28th of May with a 3.30 p.m. Eastern start time. A little bit early, especially for the West Coasters out there. But then again, some people like their mixed martial arts early. I'm one of those people where I get at mixed martial arts any time of day. You know what I'm saying? I'm the kind of guy where I can get it any time of day, anywhere. I love it. We got six total bouts in the card, so kind of a slim card. Now, if you don't know, Cage Warriors 138 is Saturday, and 137 is the night before. Not sure why they do it this way, so you have six bouts on Friday night, and six more bouts here on Saturday night. We didn't get a chance to cover Friday night's card, so forgive us. But back to this card here, I keep getting off track. Six total bouts is being held in Colchester, England, in Charter Hall, and the main event will feature James Webb versus Leon Alou. No championships on the line, but we've got some veterans in here, some guys who've been around the block, fought some good fights, and some newcomers. There is no prelim or main card, so it's just like one card of six guys. Guys, we'll start with the bottom one, work our way all the way up to the main card, give you our betting advice, our breakdowns, discuss some analytics. Let's dive into it with the first fight in the card. Here we go. Alrighty, the card opens up with a flyweight bout at 125 pounds between Connor Hignett, who hails from England, and Michelangelo Lipoli from Italy. Lipoli is 5-2 and two overall, very limited experience. He's 28 years old. We don't have a reach number, but his height is 5'5". Five as for Connor, he's 9-7 overall, a little more experience, but he's also hovering around a 500 winning percentage. He's 3-2 in his last five fights. He's from England. He's 5'6 in height, and he trains out of HAMMA. My thoughts on this fight are this. Pretty simple. Italian fighters have not been making out very well over the last year or so. Based upon my small sample size, they have not shown up, have come up short in big opportunities, and when the newcomers are coming out of Italy, they have especially come up short. I think Connor is getting the opportunity here to win this fight at home, hometown crowd, against Michelangelo, who's got a decent record at 5-2, and two, looks like a pretty good prospect, has never fought in Cage Warriors. Now, the one thing about Connor is he's not in 7, yeah, but like most of that's in Cage Warriors. The guy's been fighting good level of competition. He's not the most skilled fighter, but he's tough, decent chin, pretty durable, comes forward, well-balanced fighter. You got an unknown Italian young fighter coming in here at 28 years old to try to challenge an English fighter on his home turf. It seems to me as if the promotion's giving him an opportunity to get himself a win and get himself back on a winning streak. I like Connor Hignett. I think the grappling, the wrestling advantage will be on his side. Whereas with Michelangelo Lupoli, the limited stuff I've seen on him is he's a good striker. He's not amazing at grappling. He's not a very strong guy. He's skilled at striking. And that tends to be a theme of the Italian fighters, right? They're more of a skilled-based fighters. They're not like... Khabib type of guys, uh, wrestlers, Dagestani guys, people who ugly it up. That's not their style. They're more finesse, like more like their culture, a uh, culture of uh, style and fashion. I'm not saying that that means they're weak. I'm not going there. So please forgive me if I'm, if I'm even tempting that. What I'm saying is they use more skill in their approach to winning fights. They're not in there to try to like, you know, ugly it up and get themselves on the ground. And unfortunately, that's the problem here because Connor wants to do that. Connor wants to make it ugly. Connor wants to rip Michelangelo to the ground. He wants to lay and pray on him. He wants to lean against the fence on him. He wants to wear on him over three rounds. I imagine every single thing Connor does in the octagon, people are going to be cheering like crazy. The hometown crowd will be in effect. It is one of the closest fights in the card. And according to the money line, that reflects that. You got Connor at minus 125 right now and Michelangelo Lipoli at plus 105. Now, according again to the public votes on Tapology, for some reason, 86% of the votes are coming in for Lipoli. Only 14% for Hignett. I don't agree with that. I think those numbers are off. Now, granted, there's only 136 total votes, so it's a very limited sample size. In summary, I like Connor Hignett to get the win here by decision in front of the hometown crowd to kick off the card. That's your breakdown, guys. 
All right, what should be the second fight in the card is going to be a featherweight bout at 145 pounds between George Tanasa, who hails from Romania, and Scott Peterson from Wales. Peterson's 1-3 as a professional, a bit of a rough start to his pro career, had a long amateur career, which we'll talk about. He hails out of Wales, 25 years old, 5'10 in height with a 72-inch reach, and he's also training out of Jack Shore's gym called Shore Mixed Martial Arts. As for Tanasa, who goes by the son of Dracula, he's 2-2 two two overall in his career. He's out of Transylvania, Romania, 27 years old, 5'8 in height. We don't have a reach number on him. He trains out of BKK Fighters. Now, as for the numbers coming in on Tapology, it's very well one-sided. Tanasa is getting 86% of the votes, only 14% coming in for Peterson. I strongly disagree. I think Peterson wins the fight. Now, these are just the early votes on Tapology. Only 133 have been casted thus far. It's a limited sample size. But the bottom line is I do not agree with the Tapology numbers at this point. Now, I do agree with the money line number where you have Peterson at minus 180. He is the rightful favorite. A roughly around a 2-1 to one favorite makes sense. He, to me, is the better overall fighter. Now, the 1-3 record may scare some people, but he's been fighting some good fighters. Now, his thing that he does very well, he's a good grappler wrestler. The problem is he just faced a few guys that were really, really good at grappling and wrestling and he came up in the short end of the stick. Against a guy like Tanasa, who's a pretty good overall fighter, but not an amazing grappler, not an amazing wrestler, that will be the path to victory for Scott Peterson, grappling him and wrestling him. Peterson's 1-3 as a pro, but the guy fought like almost 20 amateur bouts. He has a ton of mixed martial arts experience, a lot more than George Tanasa, and at a much higher competition level. On the flip side, Tanasa did have an amateur experience, not quite the length of Peterson. As a professional, he's 2-2 two and two overall, has fought lower level competition than I would compare to what Scott Peterson has faced. And when you watch George Tanasa on film, he's a very good athlete, but he is raw, especially on the ground. And again, that's where Scott Peterson is best at, is on the ground in the grappling. Now, Scott Peterson has only been a pro for one year, but in that one year, he had four pro fights, and here we are 2022 with his fifth pro fight. The guy's very active. And I mentioned before, a very good wrestler. His only kryptonite is when he goes against a guy who's also an elite wrestler. As for Tanasa, he's been losing his last few fights because he got out-wrestled. And again, this is a bad matchup for him. Unless he's shored up his wrestling and gotten better in that department, he's going to be lined up against a guy who's going to look to wrestle him, and he's going to test him in that area, an area he's not been very good at in the past. I do like the fact that George Tanasa is a southpaw, but again, in this matchup, will that matter? When the fight's in the ground, will it matter he's a southpaw? I don't think so. And last but not least, Scott Peterson's training out of Jack Shore's gym. You got several fighters on his card training out of Jack Shore's gym. It is a good gym. You've got good fighters there. It's probably a little bit better of an environment, a little more competitive than where George Tanas is training. So from that standpoint, I also give it edge to Scott Peterson. I'm going to bet him straight up at a half unit. I like him to win the fight. Quite a bit of confidence. Do not let that one in three pro record scare you. He's 25 years old, still far from his prime. I like him enough that I parlayed him two on a few parlays. Again, we'll talk about those parlays at the end of the show. That's the breakdown, guys. We like Scott Peterson to win the fight, most likely by a decision. Next up, we have a welterweight bout at 170 pounds between Herkis Lukasunas from Lithuania versus Oban Elliott from Wales. Now, Mr. Elliott goes by Evil. He's 4-2 and two overall, and he's one of a few fighters in his card who's training out of Jack Shore's gym called Shore Mixed Martial Arts. We don't have a reach number or a height number on him or his opponent, Herkis. Herkis is 3-0, so he's undefeated. We know that. And he's from Lithuania, and he trains out of One Blood Gym. We do know some more information. We know that Herkis has a background in Muay Thai and kickboxing. That's really his foundation, which is why at this point in his career, he's only 3-0. As for Oban Elliott, he has a little more mixed martial arts experience with six total fights compared to three for Herkis, and I believe the experience will be enough of an advantage in this fight. For Herkis, I saw a brief bit of film of him kickboxing. He looked long, he looked tall, he looked good as a kickboxer, but man, you can see that long body, lower legs being thinner. I just don't see him defending takedowns very well. Oban Elliott's a pretty good grappler, wrestler. That's where he butters his bread, per se. I think he takes down Herkis for two of the three rounds and just simply gets some top control and gets an easy win here. Now, according to the public on Tapology, 72% of the votes here are coming in for Herkis and only 28% for Elliott. 
which is weird because the money line has it the opposite way. The money line has Elliott at minus 220 and it has Hercus at plus 180. So the public and the money line are differing opinions. I'm on the side of Oban Elliott. Experience, 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 also training at a good gym. And though Oban is not from England, he is from Wales, not too far away. You've got Hercus who's from Lithuania. So Hercus will be the technically foreign fighter. The cheering will be going on for Oban. I think just the experience is a much big difference here for Hercus. He's fought three total mixed martial arts fights against guys that were like zero and zero, one and zero, has not fought anything at the level of what he's going to face against Oban Elliott. Now, Oban Elliott is not the best fighter in the world. Don't get me wrong, but he does have some cage warrior experience. He's fought a handful of cage warriors fights. He's got wins in cage warriors. He's been able to hold his own against some good fighters like Mike Figlak. So I think he comes in here. The experience is enough of an advantage and gets the win. From a betting perspective, how much do I like him? I've parlayed him a little bit and I bet him a half unit straight up. That's the breakdown, guys. Good luck with this fight. Next up, you have a featherweight bout at 145 pounds between Orlando Wilson Prince from the Netherlands and Tom Mearns from England. Mearns is eight and seven overall, two and three in his last five fights. So barely a 500 level fighter at this point in his career. He's five foot eight in height. We don't have a reach number on him, but if you watch film, he's kind of a stockier fighter. His arms are a little bit shorter. He works definitely a little bit better at close range, not so much from distance. He trains out of blood, sweat, and tears. As for the undefeated Wilson Prince, he's three and zero overall, not much experience, not as much as the 16 fight, very limited experience. He's fought very limited competition. This will be his first cage warriors fight. He trains out of root MMA. We have no reach and height number on him. Now trying to find film on him was also kind of an ordeal. I did find one fight, a fight where he got a submission. He is 3-0 as a pro, and all three wins have been by submission. So we can at least announce from that he likes to grapple, and submissions is sort of his like area of expertise. Now, when I watched that film, he wasn't horrible on the feet, pretty athletic. That's where I believe he has an advantage in this fight. He's a little bit more athletic in general than Tom Mearns. Mearns is like a battering ram. He comes forward, a la Julio Cesar Chavez, the old Mexican boxer who would just walk his opponents down for eight to 10 rounds. And finally, at the end of the fight, the opponents would just fall apart because of the pressure. That's what Tom Mearns does. He walks forward, he gets beat up, he bleeds, but he keeps going forward. Orlando Wilson Prince seems to me like a better athlete who can avoid some of that initial pressure, maybe use it to his advantage, possibly get a takedown or two. And then while on the ground, I believe, again, he's the better athlete. Now, Tom Mearns is an overall good fighter, has fought the much better competition, has fought against guys, for example, like Aiden Lee. So he's fought much better competition than the three fights that Orlando Wilson has fought. And he's also been in Cage Warriors for a few years. So he's got the experience in the promotion, whereas Wilson, first time out. Not to mention, of course, Tom Mearns is also the local fighter. He's from England, whereas Wilson's coming from out of town from the Netherlands, not too far away, but still he's the foreign fighter. And just to drive home a point, the three fights that Orlando Wilson has won were against guys that were combined zero and zeroed when they fought him. So he has not fought anyone yet of any kind of competition. Tom Mearns will be by far his best competition to date. Now, from a betting perspective, they're even money. You've got minus 115 for Orlando Prince and minus 105 for Tom Mearns. Now, according to Tapology, whole different story. On Tapology, Orlando Prince is getting 91% of the votes, only 9% coming in for Mearns. So I'm not sure where the hiccup is there. I do agree with the money line. I think Mearns has more than enough experience and a chance to come in here and simply just outclass a fighter who's coming in. First Cage Warriors experience, hasn't fought much good competition. That's a likely outcome to me. But according to the public, Prince is by far the favorite. That's probably because he's undefeated. They're probably seeing the three straight submissions. Again, I would caution everyone in this spot. Do not overbet Prince because I do like him to win the fight. I like what he has going on so far. He is very much unproven. At minus 115 to minus 110, pick a money. We got to choose a side, right? We're going to choose a side of Orlando Print. I did put one or two parlays up. And if you're tracking us on Twitter, we put all of our parlays up there in advance of the event. And if you're not tracking us on Twitter, you should also track us on betma.tips where we have all of our profile up there, our winnings, our losses. We're not profitable this year. So we're kind of going through a cold stretch. That's a hold of the conversation. Anyway, back to this fight. I like Prince at minus 115. I like him enough to put a half unit on him. Not enough to put a lot on this fight. Not enough 
enough to over-parlay him. I mentioned we put him into one or two parlays. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. But with that said, we like Orlando Prince. We're on the him to win the fight. What do you guys think? Do you have a reason to like Tom Mearns? Do you know something we don't know? There's some definitely some factors to go against Prince in this situation. The bright lights, bigger promotion, better competition. But something tells me that Orlando Prince comes in here and rises to the occasion. I like Prince to win the fight. That's the breakdown. The co-main event for Cage Warriors 138 is going to be a bantamweight bout at 135 pounds between Josh Reed, who hails from Wales, and Luke Shanks, who's from England. What a great last name for a fighter, right? Shanks, like Shank is somebody. He goes by the Apocalypse. Shanks is 9-3 overall, 3-2 in his last five fights. He hails from Edinburgh, Scotland, 27 years old, 5'5 five five and high with a 68-inch reach. He trains out of blood, sweat, and tears and higher-level mixed martial arts. As for Josh Reed, who goes by Crazy Horse, he's 12-6 and six overall, 3-2 in his last five fights. We mentioned before he hails from Wales. He's 5'8 in height. We do not have a reach number on him but watching film i will say he will have a distinct reach and height advantage in this fight obviously three inches taller based upon what we have listed but just the way he fights his length a much longer leaner type of fighter compared to the apocalypse who's a little bit more of a compact wrestler type of build and as for Reed, he trains out of shore mixed martial arts which is the training gym and home of jack shore now, according to the votes on Tapology, Shanks is a huge favorite, getting 94% of the votes compared to 6% coming in for Reed. I do like Shanks to win the fight, and on the money line, he's also the favorite at minus 210 currently. You can get Reed on the other side at plus 175. I don't think Reed's a bad fighter. I think it's not the greatest matchup. Reed is more of a stand-up striker. Again, good length, and he's very good working at distance. Good jab, good combinations, good kicks. If he faces a fighter who wants to squash him against the cage, close distance, bring him to the ground, that's where he's not good at. He's not good at defending takedowns. So I do like Josh Reed as a live dog as a potential dog we could talk about it we could throw it around as a possibility but more times than not luke shanks's wrestling ability and cardio to keep up with the wrestling over three rounds will be enough to get a win here and minus 210 it's one of my most confident spots in this card i've already parlayed it hopefully i didn't parlay it too much knock on wood somewhere i don't want to fuck it up for myself but i do like luke shanks a lot at nine and three i believe he goes to ten and four here he's 27 years old very much in his prime we don't have an age number on josh reed but he has been in cage warriors for a few years i imagine he's around 30 years old his biggest issue recently has been inconsistency like he'll win a fight lose a fight win a fight lose a fight he's coming off of a win so he's due for a loss right here i think what happens is at range he has his moments he definitely gets a few shots in on luke shanks luke shanks being a veteran squashes up distance closes that range gets him up against the cage starts to wear him down peels him like a banana to the ground and that's what luke shanks has to do he's a one-dimensional fighter in the fact that he can't win a fight on the feet at least not against a good striker like josh reed he will need to bring the fight to the ground or at least for two of the three rounds and while on the ground has to do something we've seen some fights recently a la the holly home fight where she had clinch control against the cage but it wasn't enough and that last tap of the richie fight it was a good argument to be made that she could have lost that fight because she wasn't landing as much as her opponent who was on her back most of the fight anyway i'm getting off course the point is luke shanks if he does take down josh Reed, will have to do something while he's on top i believe the apocalypse luke shanks picks up the win over crazy horse in a three-round fight fairly close i see one round going to reed and two rounds going to luke shanks that's the breakdown guys and we're up to the main event for Cage Warriors 138. It's going to feature a, a middleweight bout at 185 pounds between James Webb from England and Leon Alou from Italy. Alou is 9-1 overall, 4-1 his last five fights. He's 32 years old. He's six foot in height, but we don't have a reach number on him. He trains out of Shoot Team Academy. As for Mr. Webb, he's 8-3-1 overall, 2-2-1 his last five fights. He hails out of Dublin, Ireland, 32 years old, six foot one in height, but we also don't have a reach number on him. I'm going to assume, based upon watching film, their reach is comparable to their height, so probably very similar. As for Mr. Webb, he trains out of Team KF Martial Arts. The money line currently has 
has Webb as a favorite at minus 190 with a Lou at plus 160. Though when you look over the topology numbers, it's a different story. Webb's getting 37% of the votes and 63% of the votes coming in for a Lou. Tough fight to call. At times watching film, there was good reason to like Webb, and then it was some reasons to like Lou. The big question mark with a Lou is, it's his first Cage Warriors fight. The prior competition has been wishy-washy at best. I did find a film on him. It's a lower level promotion. They're fighting in some kind of like an elementary school gymnasium. I'm not kidding you. Very small cage. You got people just walking around the outside of the cage, like they're doing their own thing, not even watching the fight. He shows some ability to grapple. He's got some BJJ skills. Again, the competition level, very low. On the flip side, you got James Webb coming off of a loss against Matthew Bonner. Very good fighter in Cage Warriors. He also has a loss a few years ago against Nathias Frederick, another good Cage Warriors fighter. And most of his fights in his career have been in Cage Warriors. When it comes to Leon Alou, looks good against lower level fighters, but how does he do when he takes a step up in competition? I believe that's why James Webb is the favorite and probably should win the fight. Maybe a close fight, because again, Alou likes to wrestle, likes to grapple, likes to tie things up and slow down the game. Alou fought last in December of last year, so he's been pretty active. Beat a guy named Esteban Mendoza, who was 6-11 coming into that fight. Again, low level competition. Now comparing their side-by-side -side abilities, experience wise about the same you got eight three and one for james webb nine and one for leon lu both guys have fought about 10 total fights for cardio i can't tell you what leon lu's cardio is like i haven't seen him in round two or three i'm not going to speculate on something i haven't seen or don't know for james webb didn't see the best cardio especially in the last fight against bonner he does lose the fight because of a tko but it was more like a fatigue tko so little concerns there with his cardio as for finishing ability both guys have shown some finishing ability recently again i'm going to highlight the fact that leon lu is finishing guys that are very low level for now, I'm going to give them both about the same rating when it comes to finishing ability. For boxing, neither one of these guys is an amazing technical boxer. Haymaker-style strikes like to get into grappling situations, like to close distance. They're not technical boxers, no jabs, nothing of that nature. So from a boxing standpoint, these guys are about the same. When it comes to grappling, I think Leon Alou may have a slight advantage. The brief film I've watched on him, he's a pretty good wrestler and grappler. Two of his last four wins have been by submission. So he likes to submit people that's part of his arsenal. And James Webb also has two submissions in his last four wins. So both guys are pretty decent on the ground, but something tells me from watching film on Leon Alou, he's a little bit stronger in the clinch and he commits more of his time to the ground game. Whereas James Webb does want to grapple too, but doesn't mind fighting on his feet for longer periods of time. For Leon Alou, he's very uncomfortable on the feet. He needs to fight on the ground. That's his path to victory. It should be noted that James Webb is the former Cage Warriors champion. He's 6-2-1 overall in Cage Warriors. And we mentioned before, for Leon Alou, this will be his first ever Cage Warriors fight. So how do we bet this fight? James Webb is the minus 190 favorite. That suggests we should have a lot of confidence in him. And on one side of it, I do. He's got more experience in Cage Warriors. He's the former Cage Warriors champion. He's fought better competition. He's got a good record. He's 32 years old. He's in his prime, right? All the good things to like. On the flip side, Leon Alou is also in his prime at 33. He's got a 9-1 overall record. We don't know a lot about him. He's a good grappler. And at plus 160, is he a live dog? Absolutely. So tough fight to call. It's down the middle for me as to what side to bet on. What I'm probably going to do is put a small small dash on Leanna Lou. Nothing more than a quarter of a unit. I'm going to consider James Webb as a possible parlay piece just to mix things up and cover both sides. Maybe put him into like a two, three leg parlay. I think again, he should win the fight. Side note is he's fighting in his home base. He's from England, whereas Leanna Lou is coming from Italy. So maybe that's a factor as well. If it goes a distance, the crowd's cheering for everything Webb does. They're booing if anything Alou does is not, you know, to their liking. In summary, I'm going to choose James Webb to win the fight, but I'm going to probably bet Leon Alou. And that may sound confusing, but in a fight where you got a little bit of a chalky number at minus 190, you got plus money on a guy who is a live dog, a lot of question marks, there's at least some possibility he could win. On the flip side, the most likely outcome is the former champion in Cage Warriors fighting in front of his hometown, 
has fought better competition, should win the fight. Again, should. My concern with cardio is an issue. Can he win round two after winning round one? Can he win round three if he has to? Just some question marks there with James Webb. Again, I'm picking Mr. Webb to win the fight, but I'm going to bet a small amount on Leanna Lou. That's the breakdown, guys. And good luck if you're betting on it. All right, guys, just a summary of our picks. We like James Webb to win in the main event. We like Luke Shanks, Orlando Prince, Oban Elliott, Scott Peterson, and Connor Higgins. Now, how are we going to bet the card? We're going to bet straight up Luke Shanks, Scott Peterson, and Orlando Prince. Those bets will take straight up anywhere from a quarter unit all the way up to a full unit. The fights we're going to look to parlay will be Luke Shanks, Oban Elliott, and Scott Peterson. If you track our profile on BetM.Tips, you'll see all of our picks for this fight. You'll see what parts we parlayed, how we parlayed them, our straight picks. If you're not tracking us already, please do so. It's absolutely free on BetMMA.Tips. If you track us there, our full profile is available. You'll see the picks that we have for this event along with every event. But those will be the three fights that we have the most confidence in. In the main event, we mentioned the idea of betting on Leon Alou. He's a dog at plus 160. I think he's got an opportunity to win that fight. The second dog that probably attracts me the most in this entire card would be Josh Reed. I think Josh Reed has a chance to in the co-main event. He is a veteran at plus 175. is not a bad number. And of course, the first fight in the card at plus 105, Michelangelo Lupoli from Italy. Kind of an unknown. Anyway, guys, that's the breakdown thank you so much for joining us if you haven't done so already please like and subscribe and if you're betting on cage warriors 138 best of luck to you and if you're not betting on it i hope this video was an educational background on the fighters and maybe gives you an idea of maybe who you want to root for in each of the fight all right guys we'll see you guys soon deuces